Hello, all you lovely people. This is Laura Hutchinson, pastor of First Christian Church in Anniston, Alabama, and you are listening to Love God and Your Neighbor. We just started back to live worship at our church today. It was a huge celebration, Palm Sunday. What a great day to, to gather together for the first time. And, uh, and the sermon today reflects that. So if you're listening to it and you are not sitting in a church or have not been in your church yet, um, imagine that I'm preaching to you about your personal congregation and worship space. Um, We are going to be transitioning back to the shorter podcast form um, at this point because we are in live worship again. So the the podcast is going to be sermon and some music, and that's pretty much it. So if you are interested in hearing more about, uh, more from me and not less from me, let me know and I will consider expanding the podcast once more. I hope that you enjoy this service and enjoy the sermon and the message. And, um, and I wish you a blessed Holy Week. Bless you all. Bye. Scripture comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Just say this. The Lord needs it and will send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? 
They told him what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the coming King of our ancestor David! Hosanna in the highest heaven! Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple, and when he had looked around at everything as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Well, we're back, right? How did it feel making your triumphal entry into this beautiful temple? How did it feel? A little weird? Little, little awesome, little exciting, little nerve-wracking. Wave your palms if it felt good to come home. It felt good. How does it feel here? Does it feel peaceful in here? Do you feel comfortable? Is it good to be back with your church family? Do you feel closer to God in here? For just a moment, let's breathe and take it all in. Why is this space so special to us? What is it about this building that is so much better than worshiping at home or outside in our cars? We call this God's house, and in a way it is, but does God actually live here? I mean, we know that God is everywhere all the time. So why do we feel compelled to be in here? And why was it so hard, such a sacrifice, to be kept away for so long? Well, not only is it a beautiful structure, a beautiful space, it's also the place that's been dedicated to our love to God through Jesus Christ. This is the place where we worship the Lord in all of our various ways. This is the place where we plan our work for God in the world. 
It is home base, right? This is the place where we can experience the love of God in the presence of the Holy Spirit and in the presence of people who are committed to Jesus' commandment to love God and all people. That's not to say that other people don't have that same experience in their home churches. Hopefully, everyone does. But for us, this is where many of us have encountered God in the past, and we feel a yearning to be back here with God and with each other again. So here we are. After a long, extended, grueling Lenten season, and let's be honest, it has felt like the season of Lent has lasted 12 months, not 40 days, right? And in many ways, that's true. It really has. Through hardships more intense than many of us has ever experienced before, we have walked with Jesus and Jesus has walked with us. We have been literally walking through the valley of the shadow of death for almost 400 days now. Can you believe that? We've experienced isolation and loneliness, similar to Jesus' time in the wilderness. We have anticipated our own sickness and death, and that of the loved ones in a way that maybe on some small scale allows us to relate to Jesus' pleading for a pardon from his death sentence when he bowed before God in the garden and said, let this cup pass from me. We've experienced a kind of fasting or sacrifice because we have all given up pleasures like dining out in restaurants and going to movies and having parties with our friends or family and uh, visiting with friends in person, traveling, and so much more, going to school for many kids in our country. The sacrifices made were for for our own benefit and for the benefit of the greater good and the rest of the world. But they go way beyond our regular Lenten sacrifices of giving up candy for 40 days, doesn't it? Much more intense than giving up meat for 40 days or whatever it is that we choose to sacrifice in order to grow closer to God. So we can liken this time of COVID as our own personal journey to Jerusalem. Like the one that Jesus and his disciples made in the months and years leading up to that triumphant day. The day that Jesus was welcomed into the great city like the king that he was. And the day that he entered the temple, resigned to his own fate. Like that first day of the palms, this is a day of extreme celebration. But it is tainted with the anticipation of this coming Holy Week, isn't it? As glorious as it feels to come home again, we know that in the days to come, we will remember Jesus' arrest, his farce of a trial, his beating, his journey carrying his cross down the Via Della Rosa, and ultimately his crucifixion. It's a strange thing. To have a celebration in the midst of grief, isn't it? You may have experienced it before. I have, for sure. Things like going to your child's baby shower soon after your spouse has passed away. 
There's sort of a disconnected feeling there. On the one hand, you wonder how you're going to get through the next day or year or whatever. And on the other hand, you are overwhelmed with joy by the promise of new life. Life and death, celebration and mourning, they all go hand in hand, don't they? It's the circle of life, and it's biblical. Ecclesiastes 3.1, right, says, For everything there is a season and a time for everything under heaven. If you haven't read that scripture or heard that scripture, you may have heard those words from the classic song, Turn, Turn, Turn by the Birds. Same words, sort of. The point is that life is about taking the good with the bad, and even Jesus experienced it. For a long time before this day, leading up to our scripture, Jesus has been surrounded by crowds of followers hanging on his every word, soaking up everything he says, giving their love and honor and respect to him, and celebrating every time he performed a miracle. And at the same time, he was constantly being needled by scribes and lawyers and Pharisees who were trying to trip him up in public. Good and bad. And here on the eve of Passover, of the Passover celebration, Jesus, riding a small donkey, is welcomed into the temple city with cries of, Hosanna! Hosanna! And blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. All the while, he knew that he would be dead by the week's end. And not just dead, but at the hands of these same people who called for his death. Good and bad. In my church where I grew up, we all went out for Palm Sunday. I mean, we went all out for Palm Sunday. Do you guys remember? We had an honest-to-goodness parade down Spring Street in downtown Atlanta, Georgia. Everyone was dressed up like disciples. Honestly, the church had that many um, disciples' costumes. It was a thing. Um, And someone dressed like Jesus rode a live donkey down the street while people lining the road waved palms and yelled, Hosanna. They also topped it off, I believe, with a petting zoo. (laughs) And all kinds of other things that went with that to kind of recreate the marketplace of Jerusalem for the day. I think that the reason why I have such vivid memories and vivid imagination of Palm Sunday, such a joyful feeling about this day, is because of that experience growing up. In fact, I'm pretty sure they're still doing it, and I know they did it again today. But while it is fun for us to imagine that scene, while it sounds like an absolutely wonderful day, this procession into Jerusalem was with joyous crowds laying their coats on the ground and, 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 and waving branches and laying branches on the ground for him. We have to remember that this whole thing means so much more than what it appears to be on the surface. The fact that Jesus rides a donkey or a colt is fraught with meaning. And it's a fulfillment of an extremely familiar 
prophecy in the Jewish tradition. In Zechariah 9, 9, it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. You see, every Jew there and everyone waving palms was Jewish because it was the Passover week they were there to celebrate in the temple. Every Jewish person there would know Zechariah's messianic prophecy, and that is why the crowds hailed Jesus as their king, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! The crowd saw that Jesus was the true Davidic Messiah and king. In addition to that, Jesus riding the donkey was a symbol of the coming of peace. In ancient Middle Eastern, in the ancient Middle Eastern world, leaders rode horses, horses if they rode to war, but they rode donkeys if they came in peace. The mention of a donkey in Zechariah 9, 9-10 fits the description of a king who would be righteous and having salvation, who would be gentle. Rather than riding to conquer, this king would enter in peace. Zechariah 10 highlights this piece by saying, I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from river to river to the ends of the earth. And so Jesus entered the holy city as well as the temple in such a way as to show that he came in peace and to create peace not just in Jerusalem but in the whole world today we entered our church some of you for the first time in a very long time 385 days to be exact we know why Jesus entered Jerusalem that day So why have you come? Why do you come here to this place to worship? Different people enter churches for different reasons. And on this first day back in this church, I encourage you to reflect on your purpose for entering as well. In my experience over the last 25 years of ministry, I've known people who came to worship, to serve, to fellowship, and to learn about God. I've also known a handful of people who came for some other agenda. Maybe they were aware of their agenda, maybe they weren't. Some came because they simply wanted a place where people would be nice to them, which is understandable and noble. But they craved praise and attention, and they, they, they got that in churches that are good and loving to one another. However, they ignored the call to worship God, to serve God and God's people, and to learn about God. Some come because they're sociopaths or narcissists who look for places where they can easily manipulate people and cause trouble. That sounds really dramatic, doesn't it? I swear it's true. Every single church I have ever heard of 
has experienced this person who comes. Because church people are notoriously passive and kind-hearted, not wanting to rock the boat, so to speak. So it's the perfect place for people craving power to go looking for it. There are other people who come to church to be entertained and taken care of. They seek full-service churches that provide a Sunday school class for every group of every demographic, that provide children's programs that rival Disney cruises, that provide a coffee bar complete with acoustic guitar and singing, that provide concert-style music and worship and sermons that either make you laugh or cry or both every single week. So I could go on and on and on about the reasons that people enter church buildings, but it's more important for you to know why you're here. Why have you entered this temple? What do you hope to find? And maybe more importantly, what do you hope to do while you're here? And I don't mean what committee are you planning to join. No, I mean, what does this place mean for you and your relationship with God? Dad, that was Pete. It was Pete. Yeah, it's fine. What does this place mean for you and your relationship with God? And what are you going to do here to help that relationship grow and grow and grow? Do you come in peace? Do you come to create peace in Jesus' mind, not just here but in the world? Do you come to worship and praise and learn and grow and to serve God's people? If so, that is something to celebrate. We come today wrapped in a sea of excitement and anticipation for what is to come at First Christian Church. And Jesus entered Jerusalem that day in the midst of celebration and excitement as well. The way he chose to arrive showed the crowds that he was the Messiah coming to bring peace. And the crowds ate it up. And in the same way, we sit here on the first day of Holy Week, the week that we remember and honor those last days and hours that led to Jesus' crucifixion. Jesus sat on that colt, anticipating his inevitable suffering. No one else had any idea how quickly the crowds would turn on this peaceful Messiah. But Jesus did. And still he came willingly. He came because he loved God's people. All of God's people. Amen? He loved all of us. He came because all the people needed him. He came because he had the power to overturn the evil hold that sin had on the world. He came to save us. Yes, we have here a day that is at first so, so good. So good. And also a day that looks forward to some bad times. For COVID is hardly over, and life is never perfect, even when COVID is gone. Like I said before, life is like that, right? 
Good and bad, blessings and curses, happy and sad, up and down. No human being can avoid the hard times of life. If nothing else this year has taught us that, right? But we have a choice to either live our lives on our own, facing hardship and beauty on our own terms. Or we could choose to walk with Jesus. And as you all know, having Jesus in our lives does not keep us from entering the valley from time to time. We are not any more protected from trouble than anyone else. But there's a difference, isn't there? Life is better when we go through it hand in hand with our Savior. And that's because with Jesus, the bad parts of life are ultimately fleeting and the celebration is eternal. Jesus knew that as he rode that colt through the cheering crowds. He knew he entered Jerusalem with a sacred purpose and a mission of love. He knew that he would suffer at the hands of sinful people, suffering the consequences of all the world's sins. He knew that he was going to experience the pain and agony of hell, and he did it so we wouldn't have to. We are promised an eternity of peace and love and joy with God. And that beautiful eternity began the moment we accepted Christ as our Savior. It lives in the life and ministry of this church. It echoes through the halls of this beautiful building. And hopefully it radiates from us as we live our lives as followers of Jesus. Let us celebrate the joy of this day and let us shout Hosanna as we welcome Jesus in our holy temple. Amen? Hosanna! Hosanna! I know there's just a few of you. Don't make me do this alone. Hosanna! There we go. Hosanna! Welcome, my friend! Hello! Our praise and prayer.